There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business or, let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5K. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Tagcash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. Because I'm a very tactical person and I'm very strategic. I've been playing games all my life. And if there's one thing that you learn from games, it's being objective. It's trying to reach a certain milestone in life that you have to reach or in a game that you have to reach in order to get to the next level. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bate Young. Welcome to episode 86 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not kid for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be interviewing one of the biggest catalysts of gaming and esports in the Philippines. And his name is Trike Gutierrez of Tier 1 Entertainment. And today's episode is going to be about hardcore gaming and entrepreneurship, wherein Trike will tell us how he started out his love for gaming and how he took it to the next level when he got to college. But it wasn't all easy because Trike had to overcome a lot of big challenges, like how he turned down a six-digit salary just in order to work for a gaming company fresh out of college. And then Trike's also going to talk about the sacrifices he had to take to contribute to how gaming is respected now. Then he will also talk about the stint he had while he put up Philippine Esports Organization, where he put up events with thousands of attendees, all the way to how it led him to put up Tier 1 Entertainment to support gamers and content creators. Now stick around till the end because he has a lot of great tips, especially in scaling for entrepreneurs and content creators. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Tier 1 Entertainment, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are with someone who I am a big fan of because his game and his hustle is literally something that I've been consuming for the longest time. I don't even remember the first time I got. But before I get too crazy and before I get fanboying again, welcome to the show, Trike Gutierrez of Tier 1 Entertainment. Hello. What's up, guys? What up, bro? Um, I'm a big what fan. Up, what up, what uh, up? Uh, I'll tell you a little bit. I was supposed to tell you uh, before we press record, but I'll tell you how I, I came back. So I'm a big Kong TV fan. And if you look at Hustle Share, the cover art basically shows me doing the power sign, right? So Kong TV and all of my companies that I've founded the since Chatbot BH and Podcast Network Asia is our patron sync. We have a rebulto of him doing that <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan, right? I, I consume his content a lot. And you know, as it's it's for if you're a Kong TV fan, you all know that they have a house. It's called the Payamanshan, right? And that Payamanshan ha- is only exists because of this guy in our program. So mad props to you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. Thank you, thank you. So since the lockdown, I've been really consuming a lot of Kong TV uh uh, episodes, and actually not just Kong, the whole fucking Payaman uh, team, Team Payaman. And for some reason, it uh, it showed this old video of yours, Endalodia, talking about how to fund Team Payaman, or the Payaman show. I'm like, wow, okay, so they're going to really share this out? Like, this is rare. And then apparently, it's a fucking prank. <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> Indonesian rupees. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, try, um, what's your hustle? I think I, in order to explain what my hustle is, I think I have to explain my purpose, you know, okay. you know, cause a big part of like, um, why did I do the things I do is because of the purpose that I have. And I think this is something that I explain that I explained in my old vlog before, like what's the purpose of a talent agency. So for me, my personal passion is really gaming and esports, and I really want to change the game. And it started out with me being a frustrated pro player. You know, like I wanted to be a pro player in a time when like tournaments were only existent 
one year at a time. It was yeah. WCG, and mm-hmm. I can only participate one times, uh, like one time in a year. Right. And that wasn't really a, that wasn't really anything. It wasn't an industry. It wasn't anything to begin with. Like it was right. more of like a hobby. Mm-hmm. So. I'm coming from a point of view where I saw this hobby. I I was really passionate about it. I wanted, I wanted it to be like something full time, mm-hmm. and then I I I just I just like continuously seek for ways to make it bigger. Yeah, and you and did. From, <laughs> well, so so from there, like that's so. Whenever I do the things that I do, mm-hmm. the core of it is always trying to find more opportunities. In the passion that I'm in, which is okay. gaming and esports, for the love of the game of gaming. Yeah, I don't know. For if the that love, makes sense. For, for the love of gaming and for there the love of go. gamers. All right. You know? Now, uh, before we talk about you, you started uh, talking about uh, a little bit on again where it started. It all started. So I need you to buckle up real quick because we're gonna ride the hustle share time machine. Okay. Okay, we do have some sound effects a little bit. Okay, so Trike, I want to understand. Um, going back, right? Um, how did you fall in love with gaming? Uh, what was it like growing up? And uh, again, uh, did, were you really born in front of a computer, like just like most of our generation and whatnot? Because I I can remember so many times that as I'm only either playing outside or when I'm stuck at home, I'm fucking playing. Well, what was that like for you? Um, I've been a gamer all my life, but I could, but I can't say that I'm hardcore. That I'm a hardcore gamer like I am today since day one. You know, like I started out playing PlayStation games. Uh, so for yes. for those who don't know me, I grew up in Japan and mm. I can speak Japanese. So okay. like so so PlayStation and Game Boy is a uh, are are big parts of like my 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 childhood life. So yeah. I played Pokemon uh, growing up. I played yes. a lot of Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, mm-hmm. so that's like the side of gaming that I had growing up. Yeah. And then I entered college. I I I I entered LaSalle, uh, DLSU, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, like in DLSU, a big part of our culture is playing Dota. Of course, you, you know, know, like all, all, it's the epicenter. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like, Aft is the epicenter of you know, like Dota and all of those right. games. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I usually, whenever I have breaks, I go to computer cafes and play with my friends. Right. I used to play a lot of like eight p.m. to eight a.m. Oh games. You know, like yeah, because I'm a hardcore gamer. So right. I used to live in Taft. I, I studied in Taft. So you know, mm-hmm. at night, um, during weekends, I can get, I can go to a computer cafe with my friends. Mm-hmm. Played from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. like hardcore, wow. like seven to eight games a night. So from there, like that's what started me in terms of like really liking games. Right, and absolutely. And here's one thing: there's a lot, there's a negative stigma back then over mm-hmm. gaming. People always, you know, try to discriminate over gamers. You know, ah, Dota, whatever. Especially the parents, right? Oh, kaka computer mo yan, what the fuck, right? It's like, yep. uh, you know. They, Little did they know that it's going to be a million, billion dollar industry now. But what are the, those little challenges that you remember overcoming? That You know what? I don't care what you think of me. I love doing this. And eventually, uh, this will become bigger than what it is now. Well, first of all, hindi ko siya masasabing little. I think we had big challenges. I mean, imagine trying to pitch to the world that Jackstone can be a thing. Like, that Jackstone can be like, like an opportunity or an industry. Like, ganung level yung discrimination back then. Like, they see games as just games. Like, they, there was never even a term called esports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was really a different time. But, 
like I think in terms of the challenges, the biggest one is always perception. Like mm. even like on the, on your inner circle, your parents, your friends, they don't see games as cool. They don't see games as something that you can you know like do. Mm-hmm. Do uh, or you know like make a career off in the future like they don't even see that so mm-hmm. yung in inner circle battle palang medyo mabigat na and then outside of your circle it's 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 proving everyone else that this is a thing like yeah. that's really hard um especially in a time when like we're not in a first world country you know like okay. we're we're in a third world country so like people prioritize practicality over you know, like the glossier things in life. So yeah. when they see someone trying to pursue gaming as a career, they're like, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Right. Any, anyone that's technically involved with computers. And I would probably compare it to other computer geeks who are into more, say, programming. People put them in a box all the time. It's like, ah, you're good with computers. Can you reformat my computer or whatever? <laughs> it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Why do why do people do that? And again, it's probably naivete and being in ignorance. But again, people always want to shit on what they don't know uh, mm-hmm. and until they see it and then, oh shit, uh, these are the same people that would once you make it will say, hey, I'm proud of you. I've always believed in you and all. <laughs> Fox, Fox, bro. <laughs> Like, no, you did not, asshole. Right? So, okay. Uh, when, you, when you're in LaSalle, right? Um, did you have any side hustle? So, of course, it's really hard to do two things at the same time. Of course, you're a, you, you do the 8 to 8, 12-hour game, game uh, barrage. And then you also had to study. How did you make, uh, make sure that at least those coexisted well? Well, this is not going to be good. Okay. It's a disclaimer, but... It came to a point where when I actually asked my parents that I wanted to stop school. Oh, wow. How so, did I, so I stopped for two terms because I okay. told my parents, like, I just want to play games right now. I don't even want to study. Right. And I, I would be wasting your money. I, I, and I would be wasting my time if I tried doing both. Okay. So, you know, like, I, I, told, my, I told my mom and I told my, my family that, I, that I'm going to stop for a while. Wow. And they, they didn't like it. Mm-hmm but they accepted it. So I really just barraged and played for six months, which is like two terms in La Salle. And then after that, I'm like, okay, there's nothing here. I'm done. I maximized my, 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 my time in games and I just want to go back to school and finish it again. So, so, you know, like at first when I, when, when all those like passion and, and adrenaline came in and I wanted to just play, I kind of like made my, like put myself in a position where I can just play and then when I, when I just done everything there, right. I came back to school and finished it. Okay. So, uh, so when, I was, when, I was, uh, when I was back to, to, to studying, I still played. But it was just more on the, more on the side and not like a full-time mm. thing already. Was there a change in mindset though? Because again, technically what you did was you maxed out all the gaming that you can do until you got tired and you needed to uh, refresh your mana <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of uh, if, uh, in, in other knowledge. Was there a change in mindset that happened when you said, all right, let me finish the school thing so that uh, I can move on to the next level or level up? Well, I think the biggest change in mindset was when I saw that there wasn't any career path or future in what I was trying to do. Mm. You know, back then. I'm, yeah, back then, back yeah. then. Because I'm a very tactical person and I'm very strategic. I've been playing games 
all my life. And Correct. if there's one thing that you learn from games, mm-hmm. it's being objective. It's trying right. to reach a certain milestone in life that you have to reach or in a game that you have to reach in order to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it in playing games. I saw it in finishing my studies, getting a job, and trying to do something to change the industry. And it's just got to a point where the next milestone has to be to finish my studies. So, yeah, that, that, I got that realization. Yeah, that, that was the next quest. Right, absolutely. Okay, so after college, you said you mentioned jobs. And uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, our first few jobs, our first few hustles really leaves an indelible mark with us either in two ways. Either it's going to leave a, such a positive influence to you or number two, you're going to hate it so much that you, wanna, you don't want to end up like that. What did you do after college? So after college, I had the option of choosing a job that's um, kind of like related to to Japanese. So okay. it's either a six-digit job salary what? after graduating, because it was it was for a it was for a Japanese firm. So you know, Still, like, six digits for fresh grad. <laughs> what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I got that offer. So okay. so it was it was more of like an organizational thing, organizational communication thing that's you know okay. related to Japanese. So that or to work with my friends uh, from Ineski. Mm. So you know, so so I chose that job, worked with them as a graphic designer initially. Oh wow. Yeah, so I, I was the one who helped out creating. Oh, I was I created logos for some of like Mineski right. assets and stuff, and uh-huh. but I just stayed there for a year. Got it. Okay, now during that first year though, because Mineski is also again, mad props to them. Um, they were the first one to actually institutionalize professionalism in the game as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether again with all the weird that here again, I'm not a gamer. I just this game, so I don't really know the whole picture. But knowing what I know, people throw shade at it. Right for some reason, but again, there is some level of professionalism that they also do. What are the skills you learned while working in in Mineski? I think rather than the skills, I want to focus more on the principles that it taught me. So okay. I think the first one is really to, I mean, they call it the passion era, but you know, like that, that that's that's mostly the time when people were doing. Things for esports just because they were passionate, like the money wasn't there, definitely. Right. So, what it really taught me was the sacrifices that we have to do and take in order to bring this to the next level. I think that's something that, that my whole experience in Mineski taught me, and I think I'm keeping it to this day. What and were those sacrifices, if you can just share? Because, again, people always see now the, the finished product that gaming, you can fill out, you know, stadiums and stadiums and then all these brands support it. What were those early sacrifices that the, the forefathers, you know, the Bill Russells, the Will Chamberlains, per se, of, of gaming here locally did for it to reach to what it is now? But I, I think just the idea of, like, going into a company that's a startup compared to get to joining something that's established exactly. um you know like the salary is, is of course totally different like it's not it was it wasn't a six digit offer mm-hmm. you know like it, it was of course that right. and just a lot of like just a lot of time and resources you have to go through in order to educate people and right. i saw that in like my whole experience there like it was awesome. really tough it was really tough to educate people to see the the positive in gaming Got it. All right. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk more on what Boss Strike has done and, and what made Boss Strike Boss Strike already. Well, let's talk about that more 
after the break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back for the break. We're still with Boss Strike. I love calling him Boss Strike because uh, Kong TV costs you Boss Strike and him being our patron saint, I will call you Boss Strike, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, bro, um, it's super cool. I, I love I love the start of where we're at. So again, before the break, you mentioned that you're now with Mineski. After Mineski, what did you do next and how did you transition into ha- growing with uh, esports as it is now? So after my one year as a graphics slash marketing slash outcaster in Mineski back then, I decided to take the job that was offered for me by MSI Philippines. So MSI Philippines is a you know is, is a is one of the popular laptop uh, brands mm-hmm. in the world, and they were they offered me a marketing position. So. I, I thought that back then, maybe I can help fund the esports projects that I wanted to do. Because, you know, like at least with MSI, they have the marketing funds to, to right. do, you know, uh, more creative things. Mm-hmm. So I joined that company for a year. Mm-hmm. And then one of the events that we sponsored was, was an event that happened in Cebu, yeah. which was technically an esports event that wanted to bring esports through traditional sporting events such as the sea games and the olympics wow which literally just materialized last year yes wow so i joined that endeavor um back in 2012 so the goal of that company was just to bring esports to traditional sporting events from 2012 to 2016 Oh my God! Eight years in the making, and now even UAAP wants to bring it to to their games too. Yeah, the yeah. And the weird and the weird thing is, when I was there, everybody else was 
was really like saying a lot of bad things about us. Like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Like, yeah. that's not going to work. You, you know, like, that's the wrong way of doing it. And honestly, I got tired of it. That's why I left and joined and, and created Tier 1. So, wow. you know, like, that's a big part of like me growing up trying to prove everyone else wrong. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it feels really different for me when I saw the SEA Games. Right. It was both rewarding and at the same time, you know, like, it, it feels, there, there's this, like, sad feeling in me where, yeah. you know, I didn't bring it till the end. You know, like, I didn't bring mm. it, you know, you know that I wasn't able to finish the job. Like, I, I had that feeling when, because, when, yeah, like, I started it out in 2012, right. nilalaban ko yung same na laban na yun, up right. until 2016. But at one point, I was just tired of all the politics and, mm-hmm. For me, generally, I'm I'm still happy that it, it got to that point. But uh-huh. of I'm gonna be honest and say I was kind of sad na parang umabot pa ng ganong katagal bago nangyari yun. Right. But, like an tagal tagal. But also a lot of it, uh, just like uh, in startups, right? Um, a lot of it are is uh, timing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Timing in terms of how people understand mm-hmm. one concept. Because some 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 of us really just come in way too early uh, in the game that eventually you're gonna be. Uh, dead meat first. So I always use this analogy, like in in ride ride sharing, at least in the startup game. There's a pod, there's a not a podcast. Um, there's a startup before called Tripid. Basically, uh-huh. it's doing what Grab is doing now and Uber is doing now. When they first mm-hmm. launch, since the government doesn't really understand what the hell they is, they have to grow so much politics, bullshit, uh-huh. and all this bureaucracy that eventually it just killed them too. So they were the sacrificial lamb, <laughs> technically. Before the next movers actually got it right, learning from their mistakes, grabbed mm-hmm. and what it is now. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty similar. It's a timing thing. But um, Trike, now this is where uh, you took that leap, right? Uh, from mm-hmm. marketing officer to literally being a founder and CEO. How difficult was that transition? Because again, 2012 to 2013, yes, there was a little bit of momentum going on, but it's not what it is here. There's not, there's not a shitload of money in there. What were the first things you did when you put up tier one? Um, so just to, just to, um, to recap muna, no? so after okay. MSI, mm-hmm. I was a marketing officer. Then I was an executive, ex- I was an executive director for Philippine Esports Organization ah. from 2012, uh, 2013 to 2016. Wow. So like, that's what, I don't know, Mali pala. Like, it's 2011, 2012 was MSI. 2012 to 2016 yes. was Philippine Esports Organization. That's correct. And, mm-hmm. then, and then after that, I, I built Tier 1. So, okay. to answer your question, why the context of, of being in Philippine Esports Organization was important was okay. I was kind of like a CEO in that organization. But right. it was more of like on a, on a different angle. Like, we, I did, we didn't have the same amount of people. I didn't have the same amount of capital. Mm-hmm. So it was totally different, but I think the 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 jump from that to CEO was was a little bit you know like easier. Got it. No, uh, sorry, I, I think I did skip that part. I, I'll I'll just talk about uh, the Philippine esports organization a little bit first, because technically, if if I understand correctly, this is where you really set the foundation for tier one, both experience wise also, and again from from popularity side, right? Now, it's not alien anymore that there's gaming events uh-huh. and whatnot, right? Before, everything was land-based in a fucking computer shop, <laughs> whatnot, right? Um, now, it's totally different. What were those foundations you had to set in, in, in that tenure that you did in four years from 2012 to 2016 in, 
in the esports organization? I think the first one was really trying to understand how to serve sponsors and how to find money. Okay. Because, like, I wanted to do the things that I that I that I did okay. in MSI, but the money was coming from the company, was coming from the marketing fund of MSI. Okay. So, like, in Philippine esports organization, it taught me how to find the money. In other in in other companies, uh, to, uh, from other companies basically. So, naturoan niya ako na mahanap siya from telcos, from from uh, from other sponsors and other clients, and trying to understand business models, trying to understand how deals are structured. Like those are the things that it that that my Philippine esports organization tenure taught me. Okay. So that kind of like is something that you know I think if hindi ko nagawa yon, I wouldn't be able to build tier one the same way. Absolutely. Now, in esports, before we jump to tier one, real quick, who was with you in this battle? Because um, again, scale wise, it was smaller, and by being small, you can be faster sometimes. But again, you have the load of work. I imagine would be fucking crazy because if you're the one yeah. doing sales, you're doing all these follow ups, and again, people, it's like I would probably imagine it's like a couple of years ago when I was selling chatbots. Nine times out of ten, people are like, what is a chat box? I'm like, dude, I'm not selling chat boxes. I'm selling a chat box, right? I'm pretty sure you have to go through the same. Like, what? Are you selling a game to me? What? What is this, right? So, what were, who were, who did you do it with, and what did you do with them? Um, so basically, um, when I when I started it out, I was approached by one of the popular or I guess like established entrepreneurs from Cebu, who is Brian Lim. Their family, oh, wow. their family owns. Uh, uh, their family owns um, the Rose Pharmacy line in Visayas and Mindanao. Rose they have like 250 Pharmacy. plus. Wow. They have they have like 250 plus branches, and he also right, right. owns a fireworks company. Mm-hmm. So basically, we were doing that for a, we we did that for a while. And when I formed the team um, in Philippine Esports Organization, it was with a, a guy named Paolo Bago, okay. who is who who became our. Our, uh, our our chief editor for esportsinquire.net because I, wow. I I got inquired to come in as a partner for Philippine Esports Organization mm-hmm. and with another person from MSI that I used to work with which ah. is and then yeah. Ika Rojas who we found um, from Garina so basically nice. it was like a four eight four eight man team mm-hmm. that, that was um that was uh, with me who was with me in uh, in peso got it what was the grind like and I guess this is probably gonna be pretty pretty similar. When you started doing tier one, walk us through how an esports game or an event is being made. Because people again only see the finished product, right? <laughs> but they don't have an idea how fucking hard it is. What, what, what walk us through how you guys in in a just uh, pull this off? It was hell. I'm telling you, like it was hell. Like hindi talaga siya madale. I mean, a, a sample day of is like no no. Here's 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 like the timeline. Okay. You, tr- you you try to you, you get the dates of the event right. you try to come up with sponsors you have to you need to get enough money so that you can mount the event while making sure that you have enough money to pay your the people that are working with you per month right. so you sell you service and then you mount the event you wow. create your own post reports. Uh-huh. You know, like that's 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 like that's just like the way the way it goes. And right. you, you you calculate, you you do everything. Like ikaw talaga gagawa ng lahat. But right. I think the hardest part is once you get all that money in, mm-hmm. when you're mounting the event, you have to go to the to the venue, 
up until 4 a.m. in the morning trying ingress, to put up egress. everything, ingress, <laughs> egress. And then you have to wake up at 10 a.m. because the event starts uh, starts um, then. Yeah. And then you're also the the shoutcasters for the finals because oh they also God. want you there. So you're like, like that was the thing. Like I was trying to do everything and it wasn't really sustainable. And right. I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing that we the, the most successful thing that we were able to do in the Philippine Esports Organization was being able to mount the Manila Major with PGL uh, back in 2016, which mm. which housed 18,000 people in the MOA Arena. Oh and it had like $3 million in prize pool. And so that was a Valve event that uh, we worked with um, in PGL. But local supplier lang kami ni PGL back then. Still? That's eighteen thousand. A thousand. An event with a hundred is already big. Eighteen thousand crazy fans, and again, gaming fans. Just that really put the stamp of approval there, and that put you on the map. That hey, we're not just a minority. We can fill up a whole fucking arena with people that are passionate, watching, screaming, and you know, actively participating. Right now, um, Trike, what I want to understand now is how, uh, what pushed you to build tier one because. You've already set the set the whole thing blazing again, and you are ahead of the curve. You, you've seen things before they happen, right? Mm-hmm. What? Why tier one? Because also recently, let's just uh, in one of the podcasts that I listen to is called uh, uh, "This Week in Startups." So shout out to mm-hmm. them. Uh, they interviewed the founder of Justin TV, which happens to be the founder of Twitch, where they. Uh, where apparently Justin TV was just like a streaming TV kind of thing and whatnot. They, they were just trying to. I actually met Kevin Lin already. Uh, we, yeah, wow. yeah. I, I met him twice. Uh, once in Indonesia, second time in Singapore. Oh, that Indonesia vlog that you did with Alodia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh he's, my god, he's super cool and he's super smart. Correct. And again, Justin TV wasn't really doing well, so they had to pivot and focus on one niche alone, which is gaming, which made Twitch the way it is now. Again, where you can monetize your content. Whoever thought that watching people play games was gonna is gonna be a thing before six six years ago, and now it's big. What sparked tier one uh, for you to found it? Um, because I think initially what it re- what really pushed me to build tier one was mm. I was really just tired of doing events. Mm. Like it 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 had an accumulated. Stress, you know, like may ano talaga, like it really stresses you out. Yeah, it really stresses you out. Like you do it for a year, you do it for for two three years. Maybe it's not it's not so taxing. But if right. it gets to four years, and oh. you hear you hear all the complaints of people, despite all of the things that you've done for the event to work, you hear your competitors saying that they can do things better. Right. You you hear the media about like the the mishaps and the things that don't that didn't pan out well in the mm-hmm. event. Like that just tires you. So exactly. I felt like that wasn't really my thing. Like I didn't want to be an event organizer. At least the Smith personally. That's why that's why I'm very, you know, like I'm very I'm very considerate to event organizers. Right. And I have, you know, like my, my heart is softer to them because I know how hard it is for you for, for them. Oh, I'm talaga maging event organizer. So ako, I, I I hats off to all the event organizers out there. Your job is super hard and that's a space I can't be in. And that's that's what I felt. And then from there, I I wanted to do something else. Okay. I wanted to be in esports. I, I was sure of that. Right. So that something else was still a question mark. So, you know, I, I told Alodia I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. And then she offered me like 
baka gusto mo maging manager ko na lang. And then I'm like, hindi mm. ako gumraduate ng Lasal para lang maging manager mo. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like, the conversation was like, uh, so, you know, what what else can we do? We've been, we've been talking about building a business together for a while. Mm. And then that was the time when, like, stars lined up and we thought of like, maybe let's set up a talent management. It made sense. I'm a talent. You can be my manager, but not just my manager. And maybe institutionalize what you wanted to do. And I'm like, I thought of it really... I, I thought of it more, mm-hmm. and then I realized that I'm a big fan of K-pop too. Maybe we can do <laughs> something similar to K-pop, which is which what YG Entertainment, which is what Big right. Hit Entertainment, which what what SM Entertainment does. Right. And then Tier One Entertainment was created. Boom. All right. Now let's take our last break, and when we come back, let's drill down in how you grew Tier One to where it is now, because everybody knows this. Okay, there's millions and millions of Filipinos who know Tier 1. Truly top gear. Okay, we'll talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. 
Hey hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023 and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Trike Gutierrez of Tier 1. So now we know what started Tier 1. I want to know, Trike, how you built this. So you obviously people all know that you're, you did this with Alodia, right? Mm-hmm. So, But again, starting from zero is never easy, right? Regardless of how much uh, experience you have, again, it's never easy, right? Uh, anything that requires from zero to one, it's hard. How did you build this? And again, how did you also finance the whole thing? Because... Resources are scarce. Technically, this is a startup. The way you operated it. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we started out with an idea, okay. and then um, basically we brought the idea to to one of the uh to one of the biggest um venture capitalist group in the world, which is um which is Bitcraft. So they're called Bitcraft. Oh, wow. Um, so Bitcraft is founded by two people. The first one is Jens Silgers, who is the founder of ESL, the okay. biggest esports company in the world. Right. And then the other guy is a founder of Delivery Hero, who owns right. Food Panda. Right, right. So the company that owns Food Panda. Okay. So initially, of course, um, um, it, we, we were bootstrapping everything yeah. mm-hmm. um, from, the, from the earnings that we got from, from the previous company. Right, uh, and then eventually we, we, we we pitched this to L. Uh, we pitched this in L. A. Holy and shit! Then, you had to go to L. A. to do a VC pitch. Yeah, we, wow. so I did a VC pitch in L. A. So, so when we when we thought of the company, okay. we 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 recruited a few people in order okay. to build the branding and you know, to build everything. Right, and then actually, in just a span of like two months, we were able to get the funding. Holy shit! That is amazing! Wow! Yeah. Holy! So that's amazing. Just again, in in startups, in Filipino startups, it's not alien uh, that people want to raise funds. But people that get funded here, at least knowing what I know for being in the game for the for the longest time, it's hard to raise funds. More so, it's hard to raise funds abroad because Filipino there's there's this thing called the Filipino discount, right? That ah, you're a Filipino company, I don't want to invest there or. Since you're Filipino, you're ranked smaller than your Asian counterparts. We're, we're technically, we're exactly doing the exact same thing. How were you able to s- secure that type of funding? And what, what, what made it that fast for you to get the VC funding? Um, I think 
I honestly don't know. I think it's it's partly luck because okay. prior to prior to that, like I had a hiatus after leaving esports organization after leaving Philippine esports organization for a while, and I was okay. I was watching a lot of Shark Tank. So you know, oh, I was like watching wow. all the pitches and stuff, and right. then that's when I thought of like, what if we what if we raised this to you know like um, a couple of um, VCs and. Right. I remember flying to LA when with one of my previous partners in Philippine Esports Organization, Brian Lim, okay. because he's still with Tier One. He's still one of the co-founders, but nice. he's not. We were not like pushing him him publish publicly. Okay, but like I I went to LA with a pitch that I had in mind. It's basically the idea. So so that same video that we showed in right. that in that um in that pitch is still in in Tier One's Facebook. Okay, so basically the idea was like. This is what's happening in K-pop. Okay. This is what we want to do in esports, mm-hmm. and this is the money that we need. So basically, that was like the idea. And I, I, I and then this is the team that we have. We have okay. a co-founder who is a celebrity in her own yep. right. The goddess have, in her own yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the, 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 like uh, one of the biggest celebrities in gaming. Number one, and then you have me who has been in esports for the longest time. The Godfather. And we have another guy who. Yeah, and we have another guy who who is um who is a business savvy, and we're bringing in the team that was with us in our previous company. So like, I mean, technically we're not starting out from zero. Right, we're right. starting out like at least back in 2012. Like all of the learnings that we got back then within within the team that we have is still kept, and maybe there's something here in this new business model. That's so true. in a sense, it was kind of like a pivot, but it wasn't a pivot. You know, it was right. a pivot with the same team. Mm-hmm. So that's like the that's like the the story behind tier one. So okay. So basically, the pitch um, when 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 uh, when I sent the pitch, I remember our VC telling us, you know, I think this is going to work. Nice. Um, there's this there's this company in Germany that does the same thing, but it's not mm-hmm. like a K-pop model. But I imagine Southeast Asia might be behind uh, five years, like five years behind. Right. So if you if you're telling me that that you know like Southeast Asia is like five years behind Germany and this is what happened before, maybe mm. if we do this now, you're gonna have the same output and effect. And you know, like honestly, in investments, if if there's something that I figured out, uh-huh. investors don't really invest because of the idea, the business nope. model, or Nope. No, they they invest in the founders, and yes, I think the there team. was something, there was something in that day that made them believe in me and the team that we have, and that's what really caught their eye. They flew to the Philippines, met Alodia, met huh. the team. They like they like um they like our composition of you know like the, the our team competi- composition, <laughs> and they sent us the money. That is amazing, but again, this is this is just this is true because a lot of founders, especially the stacks are the odds are stacked against first time founders, especially in your first try. It's just like in gaming, I'll use it an analogy. You always die. You get you know you respawn eventually, and you figure out, oh, okay, there's a boss there. I can't kill him this way until you figure out, okay, now I have that playbook of what to do well. And again, you have XP. Right. Wow, I, I know some gaming terms. <laughs> um, you have experience points already that, okay, I can now go through this without having to go through the same pitfalls. Now, Trek, what I understand, what I want to know, you said you made the pivot in the business model and you kept mentioning also the Korean, uh, the K-pop model. What exactly and how does Tier 1 uh, you know, uh, do, do or give value proposition? Because the way I understand it, there's talents involved. Right, the Kong TVs, the Alodias, technically, 
a will. I'm, I'm not sure if your will is part of your thing. And then, um, how, how does that work? So basically, the whole idea... So, so I think first, let me explain why talent management. And I think okay. this is uh, one of the questions that people raise. I remember when we launched this back in 2017, people, people were like, talent management, why? Because like, right. most companies in esports back then were either game publishers, computer cafes, um, um, events game organizers, or, yeah. or publications. Like, okay. Mostly those were like the companies. But mm-hmm. I felt like, in order for a company to be sustainable and in order for a company to grow in this industry, we had to find the gap. Okay. And the gap was there weren't enough talents in the industry that gets the right attention. Yeah. You know, we were seeing the same things in 2012. The, the things that we're seeing right now, we were the same, we were seeing, we are saying, we were seeing the same things back in 2012. Right. But the thing is, nobody was listening. Like the, own, the the people who were listening were the people who followed me, who followed you know the people who were around me. But the difference now, it is because it was Alodia talking, because it was because it's Kong TV talking, because it's you know like because it's it's Roger Rocker, Rocker talking. Like it's the right. more popular people who are mm-hmm. talking, and you know like I felt like if we create this business model, mm-hmm. first, the core of this business model is it supports gamers. It supports people. It supports talents. And I feel like when we start, when we, when we focus our resources in supporting the dreams of the people who are in gaming, yeah. I think that's very powerful. And people, clients like that, people like that, the talents were more passionate in supporting what we wanted to do because it's, it's their dreams too. Exactly. You know? And I think that's that's the that's the most powerful powerful thing about talent management. And I think in the business model, how it works is, of course, just like Viva, just like K-pop, just like everyone else, we get yeah. a percentage of their earnings. Yeah, but you provide them the ability to scale as well and to level up whatever they're doing, and also to focus on the things that they have to focus on only. Because if you think about it, like prior to tier one, mm-hmm. a gamer or a vlogger would do everything themselves. They would right. sell themselves. They would serve the clients themselves. They would, you know, like, compute their cost themselves. Oh. You know, like, all those things. Now, yeah. Tier 1 is doing everything, yeah. uh, those things, and now they can just focus on their craft. Correct. Re- remove the hard stuff already so that they can focus on what they love doing, which is right, gaming anyway and documenting yeah. the whole process. Let I us totally pay agree. the bills, you know, let us pay the bills, let us find the house, let right. us, you know, like just solve all your problems and just focus on your craft. Got it. Exactly. And actually, uh, in, in what we do, at least in Podcast Network Asia, um, so very, very similarly, I evolved, though podcasting has been always been a want of what we do. We also support indie podcasters and make the hard part easy for them. You know, uh, like, editing, providing, having a studio and everything else and blah, 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 so that they can just focus. Because unlike YouTubers and other content creators at the moment, there's no such thing as a full-time podcaster. Everybody's doing this on the side, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we want to get to a point where what you guys are doing now is like, okay, someone can actually make this a living. That they can, like, like Kong, he doesn't do anything aside from gaming and watch, creating um, uh, vlogs, that's more than enough to sustain not just himself, but his whole family and his whole team. So that's, again, that's the beauty of it. And that's when I, whenever I see those videos happen and whatnot, I always wonder, man, how the fuck did they build this? Because this is amazing. And 
the scale, even Kong's dad is now fucking, <laughs> you know, uh, blogging is just amazing. So again, I'm a very big fan. So you inspired more people uh, more than you know. So mad prop strike. Thank you. Um, I, we actually have a full-time podcaster. We have nine of them. Oh, shit. No way. Who? Yeah. Christine Samson started out as a full-time podcaster for Tier 1. Nice. Nami, uh, the Jininga girl um, in Showtime, she started out as a full-time podcaster oh, in Tier wow. 1. wow. So we have other podcasters. So we paid people to be full-time podcasters in Tier 1 for a, we've been playing uh, we've been paying for a while now nice okay awesome I didn't know that so that's new <laughs> mad props cool and again the beauty also about this just like gaming is that there's more than enough room for people to thrive in you don't uh, this is not very polarized wherein like in, in like say TV oh you're ABS or, ABC or, or GMA actually the best content creators collaborate rather than yep. be exclusive right and help yep. each other uh make better content as well. And ako gusto ko lang iwanan no, sa lahat ng nanonood ngayon. I think if there's one secret um, na ginagawa ng Tier 1 or nagawa ng Tier 1 kung bakit namin narating yung narating namin, oh. it's because we made people uh, it's, it's because we made people work full-time on the things that they really like doing. I think yun lang talaga yun eh. Huwag na natin parang, ano ha, parang paikot-ikutin pa. Parang mm-hmm. kung titinan mo lang talaga yung, yung pinaka-core of what's happening, Kong is now a full-time vlogger. Right. Our players now are now full-time players. Our right. podcasters now are full-time podcasters. Right. Now, if you're doing something on the side, you, you can't allocate all your time and resources because you have to do something else to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's stopping people from really achieving their full potential. And r- what really Tier 1 provides is we give you time. Mm-hmm. We provide you the time to consume na hindi mo kailangan sayangin yung oras mo sa ibang bagay just because you have to pay the bills. Just because you have to feed this person or you, you, you have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. like when we brought in Kong, provided him with a condominium unit, we nice. paid all the bills, that's when the magic happened. Eh. Kasi wala na siyang iniisip, wala na siyang iniintindi. Mm-hmm. So, yun niya. Oh, the focus is there. So, like, I don't really want to, like, you know, tell people and say what happened with Kong was because of us. Like, we just gave him the time that he needed. Correct. And it was still mostly Kong. Right. Like, we just helped him out. Yeah, literally. But that team was important for him to be able to do magic. Because, again, distractions uh, are, again, one of the biggest killers of dreams and the killers That's of true. potential. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Trike, I'm, I'm curious. I, I remember this, the, that video that you talked about. You now have more, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, 70 plus people. How did you scale that team up to, to that scale and not let, uh, let it like, go awry? Because here we, I, I'm a firm believer also of the, uh, the rule of 3 and 10, where every time you grow from 3 to 10 and, that, and, and those multiples, things break apart. You know, That's and true. it's like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? My payroll is not all, all of a sudden. I need HR. I need all these things. How did you scale properly without having to, you know, go crazy? I think the most important thing, I mean, I, I can't say that it's, it's the most important thing, but mm-hmm. um, how we scaled it first is we focused first on revenue driving um, people, 
like people that that uh, that that brought in revenue. So for example, we focus on acquiring the right sales people. We focus on acquiring the right pe uh, the right people who will serve the clients that we have. So as much as people see the part of tier one where we serve the talents and we provide that that the talents the support that they need. A big bulk of our manpower is really client servicing and trying to find clients because at the end of the day, you know, like you need money, you need you need funds for this to be sustainable. That's the gas to 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 to, to this whole engine, and mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing is to start your 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 acquisition like acquire your manpower based on the revenues first. Yes. If you're a startup, yeah, yeah, chase the money first. And then, but so you chase the money, but you don't chase the money over your values. Correct. I think that's very important too. So we chase the money, we stick with our values, and we maintained our culture. I'm curious now of uh, how does a, a, a trike Gutierrez go through his daily grind? Because again, you've been you've been in the game, and you te technically. Uh, are one of the forefathers of this industry. Esports does not exist without you and the contributions mm -hmm. that you put in. What's your daily grind like? Because again, you're 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 busy. You're a busy man. Well, and how do you make sure that you still have time and balance for everything? Well, first of all, I don't have time and balance. <laughs> like I, I, I'm probably spending more of my time for uh, in tier one than any other aspects of my life. Like okay. tier one is my, has been my life for the past three years. I can yeah. say that. And I think that has to be the way for any um, CEO, especially if you're like in a startup, you know, yeah. like it's like a baby that you're trying to grow and it can't walk in, you know, like it can't walk. Um, uh, it can't walk up until it gets to a point where it can, you know, mm -hmm. like that, like that's my point. So my daily grind is like, um, I wake up at around eight, nine a.m. Wow. in the morning, and then I go to the all, and then I check out the internet. You know, like right. check out my Facebook, check out right. my, check out all my socials because that's technically our real estate. Yes. Like check out my online real estates, mm -hmm. and then I go to the office. It's in Quezon City. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, after going to the office, I, I usually at ten a.m. to twelve a.m. just meet my team and just talk about updates if they have any other concerns. And then usually at uh, I take a break for like you know like uh, um, twelve to one. And then yeah. from one p.m. to seven p.m. That's usually a series of meetings with HR clients, mm -hmm. investors, and whatnot. So it's really an hour to hour hour thing. Right. But mostly my meetings are composed of number one sales. Number two, HR. Mm -hmm. Third would be like possible clients. Mm -hmm. And then fourth would be investors from time to time. Okay. And then, yeah, I think that's the, and then I think fifth talents. Like I, I, I always um, stay connected with my talents. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, like that's in heaven and who doesn't know what's happening on the ground. Right. So I also, I always make it a point to, to meet the people who are on the ground, like our talent managers, yeah. like the people who are like the talents themselves. So yeah, like that's that's like my daily grind. That is amazing. Now uh, let's pay it forward. I'm gonna ask you some tips and advices for those startup entrepreneurs who are listening to this. Or again, we're just curious to what Boss Strike does. So first off, I, I you 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 mentioned that sales is is everything. Always be closing. They always say right now. Um, What's your advice for those people who want to sell something novel or something new, right? Because what you what you sold here is a new business model, it's a new concept. 
but you've managed to really make bank on it, right? And a lot of people usually quit because, ah, shit, people are, too many people are trying to shit on my fucking parade. What am I going to do? So I'm just going to let them win. And you push through. What are, what's your tip for people who who's selling or starting something uh, that they can monetize? Presentation is everything. Mm. I think that's that's it for me. Like, um, one of the one of the victories that I really like about like sa lahat na nagawa namin in tier one, one of the biggest victories I feel like is when we sold the first drop. Mm. Because the merch line that we sold, like yung range now was from two thousand to five thousand pesos. Okay. Like that's that's crazy. Like buying buying a long sleeves now worth five thousand. That's like like gamers would think like like what the hell are are are, are you crazy? Yeah. Like people people would say that, right? But first we made sure that okay yung value. Like we we really imported the right products. Uh, we, we we found a suppliers outside who really na top tier talaga yung quality. We we created a great presentation. Um, gumawa kami ng magandang video. We presented it. We we did it in ESGS and then in three days millions in profits namin dun wow. from 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 ano, sold out yon sold out yung 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 merch line namin um so it was a limited um parang limited uh limited edition. Uh, limited edition lang siya pero na sold out namin siya not just in ESGS na sold out namin siya after X amount of months so pero may mga na sold out na stuff in ESGS so ako for me talaga presentation is everything mm. so for example if if the if the buyer sees the excitement and the value na napo provide mo in the product that you have, mm. they will buy it. Like always, put yourself in the in the in the shoes of the buyer. Mm. Like, bakit ko to bibilin? And I think right. in the core of it is number one presentation, and then second is really value. If there's no value in what you're trying to sell, even if napakaganda pa rin ng packaging niya, nobody would really buy it. Yeah. So, like presentation first, and then second is really there has to be value on what you're selling. Absolutely. Okay. Now, next one. So, try for the next uh, frontier. Obviously, it, we're now in the golden age of creating content, right? What's your tips for those people who want to make money and again make their passion about creating content uh, monetizable and for for it to scale? Don't make it about making money. Mm. I think. When we're talking about business, we have to talk about making money because that's the score. Of like course. that's the game. Like right. why are we why are we building a business in the first place if we're not talking about revenues, profits, and you know, like like mm. these things. Like I'm not all about these things, but the thing is, business is about these things. Okay. So play the game, you know. Right. So I'm trying to play that game in, in the business context. But if you're in the content context, never play it just to earn money because you're never going to win it that way. Absolutely. Play okay. it in a way where you're just doing the things that you feel are valuable for your audience. So mm-hmm. for example, if you're someone like Kong, you need mm-hmm. to provide the value that, uh, that, 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 that the people are looking for you, which is comedy. Mm-hmm. If you're someone like Alodia, maybe, I don't know what people like about Alodia. There's so many things that people can <laughs> like about Alodia. But you know what I mean? Like, you have to keep you, you have to keep your content in the Alodia brand so that people can continuously consume that content because that's what people like you for on Facebook. That's what people subscribe you for on YouTube. You know, like, serve, serve, serve what the people want based on looking at the content based on value. So if you look at, if you go into YouTube and, and look at, like, the biggest content creators out there, mm-hmm. if you look into gaming, it's usually 
the the, the players with the best skills because yeah. people want to learn from that or the most entertaining ones because people want to laugh about it and mm-hmm. maybe if you go into vlogging you know like you, you see you see makeup bloggers and they people follow them because of like the way they do makeup so if you're creating content always look at what type of value can you provide to your audience and then the money can just come after sometimes the money doesn't even follow so you know like never never ever think of like creating content as a monetary play it's Mm -hmm. it's it's, it can come it may not come but just focus on content creation okay last question before i let you go so this has been a great journey that you've had um but uh What's the best advice you've ever gotten through this whole journey so far? I mean, you, you, I'm pretty sure you have so many more to build, but at this day and age, again, we'll, we'll do a quick pit stop. But what's the best advice you've received so far? The best advice I received so far in my whole life is never forget why you started all this. Because as an entrepreneur, it's one of the hardest careers or at least roles you'll you'll be taking on in life there will be a lot of sleepless nights Mm -hmm. there will be a lot of doubts there will be a lot of people telling you that you can't do it there will be a lot of times when people will tell you you know like you're wrong you know you you know things like that and sometimes kasi sa kalagitnaan ng lahat ng doubts you question yourself too yes is this all worth it like Mm -hmm. You know, like all of these things like will eat you up inside. And this is something that I heard from 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 the Riot founder. Mm-hmm. From the founder of Riot, um the right, owner yes. of League of Legends. Right. Yeah. So basically he said that one of the things about entrepreneurs talaga na kailangan mong makeep is that you need to keep your psyche your yes. your psyche like intact. And I think part of keeping your psych your your your, your psychology intact is remembering why you started all this. Correct. And if the main reason why you started all this is not about money, I don't think I don't think maliligaw ka ever. Kasi alam mo talaga kung bakit mo siya sinimulan, alam mo kung saan mo gustong mapunta, at even if the even if the numbers don't look great, you'll still pursue because you know for a fact that this was never about numbers in the first place. Absolutely. Now, Trike, you mentioned before we uh, uh, started the episode that COVID-19 opened up a lot of opportunities for Tier 1 and the, the esports and the world of gaming. Well, well, talk, about, talk, about, talk about that a little bit more. Well, yun, yeah. the weird thing kasi with COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I'm sad for the world with what's happening. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about it is this is probably the first time in decades mm-hmm. when sports post. Right. Traditional sports sports post. Mm-hmm. Like there's no soccer games, there's no basketball games, and people are clamoring for that competitive um, content. You know, like that competitive content. And the only competitive content out there is really esports. Correct. So because of that, people saw that people saw the potential of esports as that competitive content, as that as that need for, you know, like that attention of like cheering for some for a team or or, or for a person. And, and and I think esports gives you that. Mm-hmm. Plus uh, like uh, I've been hearing this a lot in in, in in our industry that this past two this past four months okay. is probably like more the is probably worth more than the ten years that we've had in terms of like Wow. Uh, parang digitization. Like wow. this past four months is 
is uh, like brought in more digitization than the right. past 10 years. Yeah. So that right. means like in a, in a digital world, the natives of the internet thrive and the right. natives of the internet are gamers. Like we've been living here since 2010. So <laughs> this is our world. Like yeah. the world where nobody gets out and people are stuck at home. Yep. That has been our life since 2010. Right. Nothing mm -hmm. changed for us. <laughs> you know? We're in your world now. And you're the mayor and the president. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to our world, guys. You know, you know, like that's that's really what COVID-19 is. Like outside of the sad part where like a lot of people uh, are getting sick, like well, I'm just talking about the lockdown. Yeah. You know, like I'm just talking about the lockdown. In the in the world of lockdowns, mm -hmm. this is the world of gamers. But I, uh, yeah, you know, like I still feel that hopefully everything goes back to normal. Uh -huh. But you know, like I, 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 I'm not. I just want everything to get fixed. But you know, like, I'm just saying, like the lockdown is an effect of COVID, yeah. and that's just a reality. Absolutely, and again, those shades of Ready Player One really come to mind whenever this happens. Like you know, that everybody's in a virtual world where you guys thrive and you guys are king in this type of environment. Again, try uh, before I let you go. What's next for Tier One? Invite people over to what you guys are gonna do if they want to reach out, they want to collaborate with you. What do they do? Um, there's a lot of things that. Actually, um, it's kind of like a wrong timing to ask me that right now. Because okay, right now, I'm, I just you know, no, 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 because because I'm kind of like thinking of just now, like you know, like my my thing is just to survive this 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 tough times. Yeah. And so, but but I think for the future of Tier One, uh -huh. we're gonna be in different countries. Uh -huh. We're gonna be in three more countries, hopefully. Um, we're also raising funds right now for our nice. Series A, for our Series A. So once we get that Series A funds, we're gonna be in three more countries. We're gonna have more esports teams, and we're gonna be building more. We're gonna be creating more content. Okay. Um, pa shoutouts lang. So, um, shoutouts Ron. Thank you very much for having me. Um, this was a very enjoyable podcast. Um, um, if there's anyone there watching who wants to work with Tier One, let me know. Um, you can catch me on LinkedIn, Right Gutierrez. Um, if you want to watch uh, more of my content. Um, I'm available on YouTube, Trike, which is also. So, ilang naman. Um, that's it. And uh, thank you guys. And sana supportan yung ginagawa ni Ron because it's uh, it's it's really something that's super exciting. I feel like 2021 yes. is the year of podcast. Absolutely. Exactly. Yung talaga yung feeling ko kasi right. this whole year 2020, everybody's trying is learning how to consume podcast and people right. are creating podcasts. And I feel like by 2021 podcast is gonna be the biggest thing it's gonna be the right. next TV that's what I think that is so exciting again right, thank you very much for being here in again um, thank you for I let you go follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to and again if you did say some jargon uh, plus please check it out on hustleshare.com for the show notes and don't forget to check out the Hustle Share community if you want to get involved in how we grow the show. And lastly, message us on our Hustle Share chatbot at m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbot BH. Again, Trike, thank you very much. Okay, thank you and very I'll much. See you guys sir. in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>